When I say the word pressure, what do you think about? If you're into sports, maybe you're thinking about who's taking that last shot in the fourth quarter. Or maybe you're into science and you're thinking about how much pressure a human body can take. But those aren't the types of pressures that we're talking about today. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably feeling some sort of pressure to succeed in your college career. Now, success can be many different things. It could be finding a good job when you graduate, getting good grades, whatever that may be. Pressure came from trying to impress my parents, impress my family, and uh, try not to disappoint them. So every day I would strive to work hard, work hard, work hard, hoping that I wasn't disappointing my family. That was Dio, who's a recent grad from Texas Tech. And if you've listened to the show at all in the past, you probably know that both of my parents are Vietnamese refugees. Saying that, I do think that there is sort of this added pressure for a lot of first-generation students out there to sort of live up to their parents' expectations. Like, for instance, for me, both of my parents left Vietnam with literally zero dollars to their name. They got on a boat and got really lucky that they were saved by a ship out in sea and then eventually made their way to the U.S., And when I hear that story and I understand how they came here with no money, not understanding English, and somehow persevered to find their way to provide the life that I was able to live today, it's a lot of pressure on myself. Because I remember always asking the question of, if they could do all of that with virtually zero, what's my excuse? My mom was just always the parent that gave the most. So it was always kind of just expected to me, and especially in Hispanic families, to to pay it forward, to be successful and take your parents' sacrifice and and show that it was worth it. And then kind of going off of that, whenever we moved here, you know, being a first-generation immigrant kind of puts the stress on you that's like, hey, this country, this family, you know, our family, uh, my aunt that first started here in the U.S. and built, you know, her life and brought us along. Um, has built this great opportunity for us and for you to not take advantage of is a shame. So it would put a lot of pressure on me to succeed. Even just in high school, slacking off was just not an option. So Maria is a recent grad from UNTG. And I know most of the voices that you will hear today come from the American perspective. And that's why I wanted to also share Henry's side of the story as he's coming from the Netherlands. Pressure to succeed in my own life stems from a feeling I have that I'm inherently not good enough. I'm not valuable enough. And I feel like I have a shortage or a deficit of value within me. And thus I need to compensate this internal value deficit by desperately showcasing to the external world that I am hopefully good enough and worth other people's time and attention. A little of what Henry is talking about here is imposter syndrome, which we covered a few episodes ago. But this episode is all about how to handle that pressure of being a student and especially the pressures of our parents, because a lot of the times they're the number one person putting that pressure on us. So I wouldn't necessarily say it has to do with overcoming pressure because pressure is going to the pressure to succeed or the pressure to really to do anything is going to stick with you throughout your life. But rather, it has to do with reworking your perspective on what pressure is and your relationship with it. And so I talk a little bit about this during my uh, TED Talk where there are multiple forms of pressure. There's positive and negative. And what has really worked for me and something I'm currently still working on is just focusing on those positive aspects of pressure, using pressure as a motivator and enricher to tell you like, hey, okay, I have this goal. Let's get up. Let's go get it. And 
try to stay away from those negative aspects where you tend to have those pitfalls in thinking where if you don't achieve that goal, then suddenly, oh, I'm a failure. I wasn't good enough. I'm not going to get anything that I try to work for. And so I think it's a lot about just reworking your mental state to try to focus on, hey, I'm going to set this goal. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to give it my all. And if I don't get it, I'm not a failure. I'm going to rework my plan and I'm going to try something else. I'm going to try it a different way. And I think this mindset from Melinda is so important. He's a law student from the University of Miami. And I think the one key thing, if I was going to pull just one thing out of what he just said, is the ability to work your hardest. And this is sort of what I mean by that. Again, this is just from my perspective and speaking from my own experience, but I know personally that there were many times in my life where I said that I worked my hardest, but I knew internally that I could work harder if I just tried a little bit more. And now looking back, I do feel that a lot of those times where I did sort of feel quote unquote pressure, it was actually me letting my imagination run wild into the what ifs that could have happened. Like, for instance, with soccer, I love playing soccer, but I was honestly never the kid that would work really hard. I just kind of had this natural ability to have a really good first touch and be able to pass the ball extremely well. But when it came to running, you could never catch me running on my own. So whether it was my parents saying that I could be really good at soccer if I just tried harder or even my coach saying the same exact thing, even though I would tell myself that this is as hard as I could work. I knew in the back of my head that I could probably go one gear higher. But for some reason, I just never did that. And I think that's what really added to the pressure for me. And look back at sort of your life when it comes to pressures. Maybe it's just getting good grades in school. Are you really studying as hard as you really could? Or are you leaving a few hours on the table that you could be studying, but you're going out and partying or playing Xbox? Again, I'm not saying that you have to do one thing or the other. What I'm really saying is you should probably be more honest with yourself because at least for me, I know that that helped a lot. But what are some other ways that you can help overcome some of these pressures that you might feel in school? The best way I've overcome these external pressures to succeed is by taking ownership of my life. There are so many voices telling me what I should or should not do, and some who are actively trying to drown out my own voice. But ultimately, the one person dealing with the consequences of these decisions is me. While I will take input from other people, I'd rather live with the consequences of my own mistakes than think about what could have been if I followed somebody else's path. That's Stephanie, who's going to UC Berkeley, and I honestly couldn't agree more to what she just said. At the end of the day, this is your life, and if you're happy with your life, then you're most likely going to be happy when you're around your family, your friends, and quote-unquote whoever else is putting this pressure on you. But if you're not happy with your life, and you're putting that blame on because your mom or your dad told you to do XYZ, that might end up ruining that relationship over the long term. Do they have credible input? Of course. But are they always right? No. And especially coming from an Asian household where you were taught sort of to respect your elders no matter what they said, this was something that I've had to learn and it's taken a very long time to learn. But you know me, I'm all about that optimization. So how do we make that pressure work for us? So I think the biggest thing is to find ways to make that pressure work for you. And one of the biggest things that I tend to do is If I have some big goal ahead of me or something I'm working towards periodically, I'll take a step back and just ask myself, why? 
why am I going for this goal? What is motivating me? And I just want to make sure that the pressure I'm putting on myself is coming from a healthy and positive place. And the biggest thing is that pressure better be coming from me and not other people around me. I want to make sure the thing I'm doing is something I want to be doing on my own terms. And what else could we be doing? And I think another big thing that, especially with people in our demographic, is just realizing that career and academic pressures to succeed are not the end-all, be-all, and are not the totality of success. Where there are plenty of different life successes that we have along the way that we should be putting effort into and taking pride in that, whether it be lifestyle, with your friends and family, fitness, hobbies, anything that really gets you up and gets you going along the way, you should take pride in that. You should take pride in succeeding. And I think we just tend to get bogged down into having kind of a tunnel vision to only these career and academic successes counting and the only thing we take pride in. So I think a big thing in relieving the pressure is realizing there are so many other ways to succeed and that you should be feeling pride in all these ways. So let me ask you this question. What does success mean for you? And I want you to go deep. Like what job are you working? How much money are you making? What type of lifestyle are you living? Do you have a family? Are you traveling the world? What are you doing? And I'm not asking you to come up with some 10-year plan where you're going to map out your whole life. I just think that so many people don't even know what they're sort of working towards in the future. That because of that, they just end up spinning their wheels at the beginning because they don't even know where to start. And so after you've defined what success sort of looks like for you, that's not something that you have to hold yourself sort of accountable to achieve in 5, 10, 15, 20 years, whatever you tell yourself you need to. This is something that actively changes. And I would ask you to try to have this conversation with yourself probably once a year, if not more. Because as that changes, as your focuses changes, that allows you to start to work on little things here and there. Defining success in your own terms whether or not that involves college, whether it's simply being happy in the future. Others may try to dictate your life, but you are the main person in charge, and you should live a life that you know is best for you. And we'll end this episode with this last piece of advice. My biggest advice to a student who's in this situation is would be literally just to breathe, just to take a step back and breathe and realize that One, they're not alone, and more people than you think are in the same exact shoes and feeling the same exact way as you, no matter what they're saying or posting or whatever, they're they're feeling the same way. And also just to realizing you have time. You're young. I know it may not seem like it because we we're in a society where everyone's kind of on go mode, where we have to do the next thing coming up immediately. But we're young. You have so much time to figure things out and to test the waters, try something new. You will be surprised. I'm I'm going into my second year of law school, and you'll be so surprised of how many of my peers and co-classmates are. They're in their late 40s, in their 30s, 40s, now doing law school because they went out and they did other things. They experienced life. They traveled. They worked somewhere else, and they still ended up in law school finally deciding this is what they want to do. So I would just say, take a deep breath, take your time. It will be okay. We have so much time and it's something that is so hard to wrap our minds around. 
But maybe this will put it into perspective. Our whole lives, up until we graduate college, are sort of hit with these benchmarks, right? Like you need to graduate fifth grade by this age so that you move to middle school and then you graduate middle school by this age to move to high school and then you graduate high school by this age to move to college. And if you don't hit those things by those ages, then you're kind of seen as like, what the heck are you doing with your life? But let me tell you, when you graduate college, that whole age thing really doesn't matter anymore. Like, yes, are there some extremely smart and motivated young individuals that become like senior managers by the time they're like 27 or 28? Of course. But for the most part, it doesn't matter. And like from the example that we just heard about the 40-year-old lawyer, like if that person graduates and becomes a lawyer at 40, no one's going to care that they're 40. Everyone's going to care that they're a lawyer. Success doesn't care if you're 10 years old or you're 76 years old. So take a breath. I know the majority of you listening to this are under the age of 25. We're super young. I'm 25. Trust me, I feel old. But every time I talk to someone who's 45, I feel very young again. So make sure to subscribe. And for all of you still listening all the way to the end, I've got a secret surprise just for you. Declassified just opened up a job board and you can see all the jobs and internships that we've got listed in the show notes below. Right now, we're just focused on the product, computer science, and business world of internships and jobs. But if you've got another subject or industry that you want us to hit, shoot us an email at justin at getyourgrindup.com. We've got over 60 positions listed on there right now. And the craziest part about it is that there are some jobs and positions on there that aren't even featured on places like LinkedIn, Indeed, and Monster. And, well, that's about it. I'm out.